WBNE. Hello, and welcome to episode 30, all about the Palantir, chapter 11, book 3 of The Two Towers, being the 30th part of That's What I'm Talking About. My name is Mary Clay. If that's too complicated for you, just call me MC and psych, it's actually future Mary Clay. You may have noticed by now that this is a two-parter episode, and that's for two reasons. The first and main reason, honestly, is that Cassandra Norman and I recorded two hours for for a one-hour show. We recorded for two hours. Oops. And I don't want to cut any of it because it was all fun, good times, and I want you all to hear the fun, good times. And reason number two, the not fun, good times reason is I've had technology issues this week, um, which I think would be an understatement, honestly. If you follow me on Instagram, you'll know that my computer crashed this week, which is fun. It's not. I hate it. Uh, Leading up to the crash, I say like it's the stock market crash of 1929. The night before was when we were recording and Audacity decided to not uh, is is just the long story short of that. And there were moments of my audio that weren't recorded properly. So what I have done for this episode, and hopefully you don't notice too much, is I've gone in and re-recorded the parts that cut out in the original audio. So if you notice some kind of difference in audio quality or it just sounds a bit different or, or something, that's what that's what that is. Or I will jump in and say, and this is the part of the conversation where we started talking about Felicity the American Girl doll, which actually did happen. It was a fun conversation. Although now that I'm thinking about it, I don't think it'll be until next week's episode. So something to look forward to. And I need time to edit all of to do all of that editing. And I don't have enough time to do that editing for two hours worth of, of stuff. So that's what's going on. Here's what's happening in your neck of the woods. I'm not Al Roker. Yeah, thank you for your understanding and patience, hopefully. And if you're not understanding and patient, don't tell me. So that being said, I'm going to introduce Cassandra and Norman because the intro cut out. Would you imagine that? For this week's episode, I'm joined by Cassandra Fredrickson and Norman Mitchell of the Lord of the Rings Minute podcast. On their podcast, they talk about the Lord of the Rings movies, extended editions, one minute at a time, one minute per episode. And I admired that dedication to the craft and was like, these people probably, these people have gone into the depths of Lord of the Rings that many people have not. So I got to get them on. And they're here today in my live studio audience. Just kidding. Welcome, Cassandra and Norman. Hi. Hello. Thank you for having us. Yeah. I really appreciate the work ethic that you guys have for your podcast because you guys. Oh, thanks. You guys put it out <laughs> daily, right? Yes. Monday through Friday. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's crazy. I can't imagine putting out a podcast on a daily basis. So uh, <laughs> good for you guys. Um, how did that get started? Well, I think the like originator of the idea is because there's like over like 140 of these yeah. bad boys in the, the internet. The way, the way we heard about the concept was actually Star Wars Minute. And my friend slash podcasting partner, Scott Corelli, and our friend Nick Jimenez did um, Back to the Future Minute on our podcast network and so like this was in like the very early days when there were only maybe six of them so we just decided we both really like lord of the rings um you originally were just like what if we do harry potter yeah and i was like but lord of the rings though (laughs) yeah (laughs) 
So yeah, so we've been we've been doing this since what 2016. Yeah, since 2016. I mean, uh, we just passed episode 500 for our yeah, podcast. So that's total. crazy! Congratulations! Out, but... Yeah, <laughs> thanks. Lord of the Rings has a lot of minutes to to talk about. Yes. So. <laughs> yep. Episode 500 is roughly a quarter of the way into the Return of the King, and we're we're doing the extended editions. So. Um, oh wow we just made more work for ourselves well (laughs) i'll definitely have to have uh one or both of you on when it comes time for me to cover the movies because at this point you guys will be oh yeah that'd be you guys will be like movie experts because you've analyzed every single frame and and whatnot (laughs) i um sure let's (laughs) i don't know like we're I would say we're more like um, fanatical at this point because it is just like trying to explain the concept to people because they're like, oh, what's your podcast about? I'm just like, um, uh, well, we watch a movie minute by minute and then we talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> and the question is always, well, about how long are I mean, your episodes? I that's no different than my podcast. I read a book chapter by chapter and then I talk yeah. about it. So yeah. that's not too crazy. There, there are crazier podcasts out there. Oh, for sure. I mean, we always get the question, well, how long is an episode? And it's just ah, 20, 30 minutes. Talking about one yeah. minute of a movie. Our longest episode is over an hour, I think. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Was it, yeah. I'm trying to like guess where it would be. Was it about like the Helm's Deep battle or something? No, it's not. It's in Fellowship, right? No, no, it's in Two Towers. Oh, it is in Two Towers. Our second longest is in Fellowship. Yes. Our longest one is uh, about Eowyn. Oh, yeah. yeah, I get it. <laughs> I've only <laughs> I've only met her briefly, but understandable Mm -hmm. makes sense well how did you guys get into lord of the rings i got the hobbit as a christmas present from my oldest brother when i was in either fifth or sixth grade and i just loved it and the copy that i was given said a prelude to the lord of the rings on the front so as soon as i finished the hobbit i was just like well i have to read the next part of this story so i think i read all three books for the first time when i was in either seventh or eighth grade which i guess is pretty young for a lot of people to read those Mm -hmm. but because my my middle school library didn't have them i had to get them from the high school library i didn't know Uh, and then i just loved them ever since i used to read them all the way through every summer Oh, wow. That's dedication. It's been like seven or so years since I've done that. So I have forgotten a lot of things <laughs> from inside this book. Uh, what about you, Cassandra? My dad was a very avid reader in general, but he um, he really loved fantasy and sci-fi. So when my sister and I were very young, I think like four or five, I remember my dad reading us chapters of The Hobbit as like a bedtime story. We watched that. Have you seen the um, like the 1970s like animated um, oh, Hobbit I, movie? I haven't, but it is on my list of things that I will cover. <laughs> I've seen some screenshots and stuff of it, uh-huh. and I, I'm I'm so excited to cover it. <laughs> <laughs> but that was like always on television for some reason when I oh, was that's growing so up. Weird so and funny. it's it's like a weird cornerstone of my childhood, um, and. So I read The Hobbit a lot, but I couldn't really ever get into Lord of the Rings. I really wanted to see the movies because I was in middle school at the time and like super into Orlando Bloom. (laughs) I mean, who amongst us wasn't? Right? (laughs) So my dad was like, well, you have to read the books before I take you to see the movie. I finally sat down and read the books, I think the summer between eighth and ninth grade. And I had like a really intense Lord of the Rings phase, like all throughout high school. And it had been a while like that I'd watched the movies or even really thought about it since before we started the podcast but now I'm just like in Lord of the Rings mode all the time now so it's 
Uh-huh. I don't know. It's like reconnecting with an old friend, as cheesy as that sounds, because it was just like a such a like a core part of my childhood. The Hobbit was anyway. Yeah. Well, I mean, you were definitely not the the first person to say something similar of like, oh, this was nice to reconnect with something that mm-hmm. I really enjoyed when I was younger or something I haven't thought about in a while. Mm-hmm. And what's also funny is that I've definitely had a lot of people on who've been like, yeah, I started reading Lord of the Rings because of my dad. Yeah. And my dad got me into it. So I guess Lord of the Rings is just like a dad book. <laughs> Or series. Yeah. I mean, the book came out in 54, yeah. so it's it's just probably a matter of how widespread the printing of it was when the generation before us was growing up and reading. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, cool. I, I just like finding out how people got into it and stuff mm-hmm. because I made it the majority of my life without ever having seen a movie. I was It wasn't until I was in college that I watched the first movie for the first time, and then I never watched the other ones after that and then i only wanted to read the books because i thought of a i thought of a pun with tolkien's name in Mm -hmm. it and i was like someone should have a podcast (laughs) that's what i'm talking about (laughs) and and that's literally like the origin of this podcast is i i I tweeted that and my friends from college who now they're my friends we were more like twitter friends at that Mm -hmm. point because we didn't even know each other until then. We're like, hey, we have a podcast. We want to grow into a network. We'll help you produce your podcast. And I was like, okay. That's awesome. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> but yeah, I was like, I literally just wanted to read these books because I thought uh, I thought of a good pun. <laughs> so I mean, we are we are appreciators of the, the pun. So. Oh, for sure. <laughs> the height of humor everyone everyone appreciates a good pun (laughs) well let's dive into this chapter this is chapter 11 the palantir and it's kind of like the mid-season finale it's the end of book three and moving forward from here it'll i know that it'll be just uh frodo and sam and going into the chapter i had it in my mind that i was gonna appreciate every moment knowing that this was going to be the last time I was going to be spending with these people. Like Aragorn, Legolas, Gandalf. It's just going to be Frodo and Sam from here on out. Mm -hmm. I should really take some time to appreciate that. And I didn't until like the last page. And I was like, oh, no. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, the gang is leaving Isengard. And Gandalf has Merry on his horse and Aragorn has Pippin on his uh, which just kind of makes me laugh because we all know that Gandalf doesn't like me, uh, doesn't like Pippin, <laughs> and so he takes Mary instead of Pippin. And they are leaving, and along their way on the path is broken pieces of the big white hand, and it's been broken apart by the ints. Uh, it says the pillar was still standing, but the graven hand had been thrown down and broken into small pieces. Right in the middle of the road, the long forefinger lay. White in the dusk, it's red nail darkening to black. And Gandalf says, the ints pay attention to every detail, which I love. But I know it's not, I know it's not in Tolkien's taste and he wouldn't do this, but I really wish the finger that had been laying in the middle of the road was a middle finger. Yeah. I actually misread that line because I thought that it said the middle finger, but it's like in the middle of the road, the the forefinger lay. And I was just like, oh, dang. But yeah, no, I'm right there with you. I I do like the line from Gandalf at the end of this this paragraph, though. The the ends pay attention to every detail. He's kind of admiring their sense of destruction. And I think their sense of humor. Yeah, and their sense of humor. Yeah, definitely by this point in 
the story. I understand why so many people love the Ents, and I too love the Ents. Uh, Treebeard's great, and they do have a great sense of loyalty about them now, uh, as well as that sense of humor. And I'm definitely, yeah, I'm definitely going to miss it. And I was like, oh, the Ents, the Ents are great people. Yeah. So it was kind of nice to have that that last little moment of the Ents before we before we go um, in, to, to steal a line from Elsa into the unknown. <laughs> <laughs> I too love the Ents. <laughs> <laughs> what are y'all's favorite characters actually in the books? Uh, mine is Pippin. In the book, Sam. Sam and Pippin. Okay. Well, this is a great chapter for Pippin content. I should, yeah, I should say, open that with like, I was kind of surprised how much of a focus there was on Mary and Pippin. Um, throughout this chapter, we have the point of view of the hobbits. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of a way to, they are acting like the audience surrogate because. If we were having the point of view of like Gandalf or Aragorn or someone who knows what's going on, then we would never get moments where like they stop and ask questions and are like, can you explain this and this and this? Right. Yeah. This is the end of my favorite part of the story. Everything from everything of Rohan through Isengard is just like my favorite part of this whole tale. So this is the stuff that I'm really into. Like this is the end of my favorite part. (laughs) So I'm happy to be here. Yeah. Yeah, it's been it's been a lot of action finally to make up for a lot of non-action in fellowship mm-hmm. where they're just walking a lot and <laughs> <laughs> just more walking. Yeah, it was a really good section of of the books so far. I hoping that there's a lot more great sections to come. I also don't want to insult you that you said your uh one of y'all's favorite characters is Sam. Uh, Sam is not exactly my favorite character, and I wouldn't say he's my least favorite character, but I'm not a huge fan. So hopefully things That's happen so in the next half of the book Yeah, that will change my mind. Yeah. Yeah, you have half the story to go. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Yeah, that was something I was thinking about today. Uh, yesterday, as I finished this chapter, I was like, I'm officially halfway through Lord of the Rings. I mean, obviously, I have The Hobbit, but that's its own separate thing. But yeah, this yeah. is, I've read three books, one and a half whole book books in the <laughs> in the sense that the rest of the human world uses the word books and then mm-hmm. Tolkien complicate well more like his editors or publishers complicated things but anyway yes yeah, so they are leaving Isengard and Mary is asking Gandalf all of these questions while they are writing and <laughs> It just makes me laugh because Gandalf is so much, it seems like he's so much nicer to Mary and he is than he is to Pippin. Mm-hmm. And because Mary's asking all these questions and Gandalf is like, oh, ha, 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 a most unquenchable hobbit, he says. And uh, oh, he says, all wizards should have a hobbit or two in their care to teach them the meaning of the word and to correct them. Because um, he's asking how far sh- are we going to ride tonight? And I, I don't know, that made me laugh that, Gandalf is nice to Mary, a lot nicer than he is to Pippin. I, yeah. I love that they're so kind of sassy with each other at the beginning of this chapter. When I when I sat down yeah. to read it, I was just like, oh, this is so wholesome. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So Mary asks, um, how far are we riding tonight? And Gandalf gives him way more information than he needed. He's like, oh, well, we're this is the plan. Here's what's going to happen. 
we're going to send messengers this way. Theoden's going to go that way. And then a couple days from now, we'll go here. And Mary says, nothing or a double helping is your way. I am afraid I was not looking beyond tonight's bed. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. And then he says, where and what are Helm's Deep and all the rest of it? I don't know anything about this country. <laughs> yeah. So Gandalf just flooded him with all this information. And Mary, Mary's like, I, I just... I'm just tired and I just want to stop for a bit. That's mm-hmm. that's all I needed for right now. Yeah, because most of the time Gandalf is just vague with people. Oh, so vague. Yeah, I love that. Nothing or a double helping is your way. Yeah, because all the time Gandalf just provides no information at all. Mm-hmm. At all. <laughs> and then eventually he, yeah, so he keeps trying to ask, qu- he's like, oh, I'm on a roll. Let me ask more questions. And then Gandalf is like, all right, I have to think now. Let's be quiet. (laughs) And they ride on. Yeah, Gandalf is like, I have to sit here alone with my thoughts. Please kindly shut up. Yeah, I like this line here from Mary. It's went after Gandalf says he's going to stop answering questions. All right, I'll tackle Strider by the campfire. He's less testy. Yeah. (laughs) Also, this has been the, I forget that the hobbits have like, they have a weird obsession with Aragorn because they're still, yeah, they're still calling him Strider, which is what they originally introduced or originally what he introduced himself as. Right. And they're just always obsessed with him. And I love it. So they're like, this is this, there's this big burly man and he knows everything. Let's go ask him. <laughs> he's really strong and cool and look at all these orcs he kills. I know. And he saved our lives a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. Well, they've spent the most time with, with Aragorn because, I mean, Gandalf like falls off a bridge and dies for half a book. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they really bonded with him over yeah. that tragic, tragic death. Mm-hmm. Um. Which, speaking of, when they stop for the night, Mary and Pippin sit down and talk. Pippin is jealous of Mary because he got to ride with Gandalf, and uh, Pippin really wanted to ride with him. And he asks Mary what he's been like, or he asks if he's seemed different since his death, or I don't even know. Did I don't know if I've ever thought about it. Did Gandalf actually die? And then he came back to life or was, I don't know, resurrected? Or did he just like very nearly almost die? That is an incredibly complicated question. (laughs) Uh, The long and short answer is yes. And he's fine now. Yes, he died. Yes, he died. Yes. And yes, he's okay now. But the time period he was dead was so tiny in in the world of like Middle Earth. That he might as well have yeah. not been. It's just like he, yeah, he okay, went to heaven and he came it, yeah. back. Yeah, it was so minuscule that, yeah, so it's, it, I guess it's like how when people like die in the hospital and then they are, um, oh my God, what's that? Uh, resuscitated? Yes, resuscitated. Thank you so much. <laughs> like, all I was thinking of was resurrected and I'm like, this isn't Jesus. <laughs> we should use the word resurrected. <laughs> <laughs> Those people, people who have had like, who have had experiences where they die. I would love to like meet someone and accidentally say like, well, I mean, YOLO. And then the person's like, well, actually, I kind of <laughs> died and then I was resurrected. So YOLT. You only live twice. YOLT. 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 <laughs> Which even works for you only live thrice. So there you go. If it happened, yeah, it- perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Just in case, just in case you have a second near death experience or an actual death experience and then you are resurrected again. 
you know, you get you get another one in there just in case you need it. Which um, hopefully Gandalf doesn't need. Uh, you only live thrice. Hopefully, uh, you only live twice is is good enough for him. Um, so anyway, yeah, Merry and Pippin are talking about what Gandalf is like now that he's been resurrected. Uh, now that he's yolting, and Mary says he has grown or something. He can be both kinder and more alarming, merrier and more solemn than before. And then they also, and then he also mentions Saruman, obviously, because they were just there. And he says, remember Saruman was once Gandalf's superior, head of the council, whatever that may be exactly. He was Saruman, which by the way, I just love that little side note, that whatever that may be exactly, because honestly, who knows? None of us really know exactly what happened there. Because <laughs> Gandalf has never told them. No one, he doesn't tell anyone. It's like, you have a secret council? Where is it? A wizard council? Is it in space? Heaven? I don't know. I I have a quick question for you. (laughs) Yes. So when you're done with Lord of the Rings, do you Mm -hmm. intend to do the Silmarillion? (laughs) So I've been told by my producers that I will be covering anything that has Tolkien's name attached to it. Oh, boy. So, yeah. (laughs) So I will finish the Lord of the Rings books, and then I'll cover the movies, and then I'll do The Hobbit. And then I'll do the Hobbit movies. I'm sorry. And then I guess I'll do the <laughs> Lord of the... I'll do the 70s movie. And my my real hope is that I'll get to a point where I'm like, okay, I need to start thinking about how I can cover the Silmarillion in a way that's enjoyable in a podcast form mm-hmm. and is entertaining and stuff. And my goal is that I'll be just starting to plan that. And then the Lord of the Rings series on Amazon oh, will true, come out. True. And then I can cover the series and, and delay the Silmarillion for just, another couple of weeks. At so least. Like, well, I asked you that question because your, your question about what happens to Gandalf, there is uh, much greater context as to what's going on with him provided in the Silmarillion. I feel like, that's always the answer to everything that I'm confused about in this and these books. Um, yes. It makes me mad because I'm like, I'm like, Tolkien, if it was, if this was pertinent information that would have helped me understand things a lot more, you should have included it in the story rather than going on a rant, uh, your third rant about how amazing Shadow Fact is. <laughs> oh, there, there's like, no greater context for that. Uh. <laughs> Tolkien just liked horses, I guess. Oh my god! Oh, he loved horses. Um. <laughs> were you were you aware that the Amazon series is going to be covering stuff that happens in the Silmarillion? Yes, I think I do know that now. The it's doing Second Age. Yes, stuff. Yeah, yeah. right. Okay, Numenorean stuff. It seems. Yeah, I wasn't sure if that was just like the rumor floating around, or if that was like actual confirmed stuff. But now it seems that yes, that's the actual confirmed. Thing. Thing. Yeah, that first um, map, which image. is exciting. Yeah, that first map image, everyone was just like, "Oh, it's going to be a fall of Numenor story." I'm ready. <laughs> I don't know that she knows what that means. <laughs> I'll learn it eventually. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm game for it either way. So. I mean, they reference the fall of Numenor in this book, but never in a way that gives you any clue as to what happened. Really, I don't think that. I feel like that's always a common that that happens a lot. <laughs> Yeah, where Tolkien, like they they they'll mention something or they'll talk about something, but not in a way that ever fully explains it. And so you're just like, okay, I guess I'll either 
learn about that, you know, in the next book when they bring it up, or it's just never going to be talked about again. Yeah. So. And then there's a lot of stuff in the appendices that give more context to things too. Yeah. That's, that's the other thing is that there are a lot of things that I'm like, I want to know more information behind, you know, X, Y, or Z, but I'm afraid to Google search it because, so example, I was trying to find out where I can access the 70s version of Lord of the Rings. Mm -hmm. And I Google searched like Lord of the Rings cartoon. And a couple YouTube clips showed up as recommended videos just in the first page of the Google search. One of the videos that was recommended was Boromir's death. And I had not yet gotten to that point in the books. Oof. So but that's had, how I found out that Boromir died. But, I didn't remember that he died oh, in the movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's I fair. had zero. Also, in my head, Boromir and Aragorn, the actors, the people in the movie are the same person because I cannot <laughs> remember what either of them look like. They're just white men with long hair and they probably have beards. Yes, they look very In um, fact, yes, similar. they both have beards. <laughs> Yeah, so I don't remember too many detail, visual details of what they look like. So, but yeah, I didn't remember that Boromir died because I was probably busy like live tweeting my experience of watching Lord of the Rings for the first time. And Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't know what's happening. Frodo's Sam is drowning in a lake for some reason. (laughs) And so, but anyway, yeah. So uh, the lesson learned there is that I do not Google search things anymore. Yeah. So I, I ask you that because like, if you wanted a fuller explanation of what happened with Gandalf, I could gladly provide one because it has nothing to do with the rest of this story. That's so funny. But if it, it's got nothing to do with the rest of the story, but if, if you're going to cover the Silmarillion and like talk about some of that stuff, you can wait, I guess. <laughs> I'm um, sure I'm sure I'll get to that eventually. But anyway, whoa, that long t- just on like Mary's side note. Anyway, so yeah, <laughs> Mary said he was Saruman the White. Gandalf is the White now. Saruman came when he was told and his rod was taken. And then he was just told to go and he went. So they're just kind of really perplexed about what's happening. And they're like, what's going to happen? What's going on? Mm-hmm. And Mary reminds them, or reminds Pippin of the phrase that the first elf that they ran into. I would really, now that I think about it, I would really like to, to see them pop up again. Gildor was his name. Um, I don't know if they'll ever pop up again, but that would be a nice surprise. <laughs> um, anyway, he said, uh, he said, do not meddle in the affairs of wizards, for they are subtle and quick to anger. And it's like, yeah, that's a great point. But I mean... He said, I should like a bit of information as well as danger. So he's like, if we're going to be in danger, can I at least a little uh, know a little bit about what's going on? Mm-hmm. Which is fair. Absolutely not. <laughs> it's like, no, you can't. You can't at all. Oh, yeah. So and then Mary's like, all right, I'm tired. I'm going to bed. Good night, Pippin. And he falls asleep immediately. And Pippin has become obsessed with this ball orb thing that he encountered in the previous chapter. I think there is a line that is quintessentially everything hobbits are that Mary says to Pippin here. I'll be as curious as you like after breakfast. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, there it is. I totally missed that. Oh, that's so great. And I'll help in any way I can at wizard wheedling. (laughs) Oh, that's so great. I'll be as curious as you like after breakfast. 
That's good. That's good. The quintessential Hobbit mindset. Yeah. Oh, so good. (laughs) Anyway, so Mary falls asleep immediately, but Pippin just lies there. uh, And he's just thinking and thinking about the orb. And it says, the thought of the dark globe seemed to grow stronger as all grew quiet. Pippin felt again its weight in his hands and saw again the mysterious red depths into which he had looked for a moment. And it's at this point, I had to question if the Eye of Sauron was a literal thing because I thought this was the, I thought the orb was the Eye of Sauron. I thought this was the literal (laughs) Eye of Sauron. I was like, I'm pretty sure that the Eye of Sauron is supposed to be a metaphorical thing, but I legitimately thought this was the Eye of Sauron for a bit because they keep talking about it like, oh, it's this orb and it's dark and smoky and black and then in the middle of it there's this light like a uh, that's orange and red and so I thought that was like the pupil or whatever and I thought it was the literal eye of Sauron so I was reading this like okay I'm kind of skeptical here we'll see what happens we'll see how this unfolds <laughs> obviously I know now that this is not the eye of Sauron that's so this funny. is something else completely uh, I love but this I um <laughs> I'm blaming it on the fact that I've been playing uh I've been playing Zelda Breath of the Wild a lot more or I kind of like picked it back up again I guess um trying to fulfill my like completionist part of my brain and in it there's when you kill bats you can harvest its parts and it'll drop an eye and it looks like kind of the eye of Sauron like it's a glassy orb thing and it's orange and it has like a pupil in it and so that's kind of what I was imagining here of being the literal (laughs) eye of Sauron hey when you kill a keese yeah yeah you get it you get it (laughs) see you know exactly what I'm talking about I'm not crazy right right yeah no they drop they either drop their wings or their eyes okay yes thank you for this validation (laughs) so anyway so Pippin feels this draw to the orb and feels like he can't he can't stop thinking about it and he has mm-hmm. to go act on it. So he finally like gets up and is like, okay, I'm gonna go look at it and see what's going on, figure this out. So he it says, hardly breathing, Pippin crept near foot by foot. At last he knelt to Oh, okay. So he goes over to Gandalf where Gandalf is sleeping. And he at first he's not sure if Gandalf is sleeping because his like eyes are half open really creepily. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very similar to how Legolas sleeps with his eyes open, which is just creepy. I still can't get over that. That the elf that see Orlando Bloom just sitting in a bed, staring, glazed <laughs> over, just staring. Oh, oh, it's gross. I hate it. Well, there's just something wrong about sleeping with your eyes open. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. It's just. To me, it's just funny that it's the elves that do that. You know, the the elves are these like beautiful, majestic creatures and they sleep with their eyes open. (laughs) Ah, it's awful. I hate it. It's that's because elven senses aren't even really deadened when they're asleep. They're still aware of the world around them in a way that people aren't. Okay, makes sense. They have to always be watching with their elf eyes. They're they're just better than people. (laughs) Yeah, I 100% agree. I love the elves. They're my favorite people. Um, Granted, I haven't really met the dwarves, only Gimli at this point. Mm. Um, Oh, also, quick side note slash poll for the listeners. How would you guys pronounce the name of Gimli's father? Gloin? Gloin. Okay, great. Thank you. There's <laughs> there's some debating, and I think I'm really the only one who's like, there's a debate, and everyone else is like, we don't care, pronounce it however you want. But it's, I think, technically supposed to be pronounced 
glowing because there's an accent on the eye and there's been a lot of back and forth and whenever I try and do whenever I like look up to see how it's pronounced it always points me towards glowing but they say glowing in the movie and yes yes and they had a they had a Tolkien, Tolkien language, language scholar yeah working on the movies yeah so as far as yeah. I'm concerned it's glowing great Perfect. Thank you. Um, moving on swiftly, because I don't want to talk too much about this, because at this point, it'll be like the fifth episode in a row. But I, don't know, I just wanted to get wanted to get some survey results. You just got to read the room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just want to know. Well, I think it's important because because Tolkien was a linguist first. So I think the pronunciation of things was very dear to him and like to the point where he like made pronunciation guides for like all the Elvish names. Right, which I only discovered after mm-hmm. I read the books the first time. Right. <laughs> so it's really hard for me sometimes to not go Celeborn. It's Celeborn. It's Celeborn. Yeah. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. Serdan. <laughs> yeah, they sound... There are a lot of names that I'll try... I'll say it whatever way I think it's said first. And then like my guests will be like, it's actually Celeborn. And I'll be like, oh, that sounds so much better when you say it like <laughs> that. Oh, yeah. That makes a lot more sense. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Anyway... <laughs> So, yeah, so he comes up on Gandalf and Gandalf is asleep and he Pippin notices that there's the orb has been covered or is in like a sack or something. And he oh, yeah, so he he picks up the bundle and it he's notes that um, it did not seem quite so heavy as he had expected. So I just think it's interesting how every now and then he'll put in these instances of like this is a heavy object and then it's not as heavy as he remembers it being Mm -hmm. or as his imagination has built up being so he goes and he gets a rock and he replaces that with the like indiana jones style almost yeah and then well what's funny is that like after he takes the orb and he puts the rock in its place gandalf like kind of wakes up in a weird fervor and is like, where is it? And then like grabs it and pulls it close to him like it's a teddy bear or something and then goes (laughs) immediately back to sleep. Because he's got to keep it. I get it, though, because he's got to keep a close eye on it because it's obviously a we learn Mm -hmm. pretty quickly that it's a very important and dangerous thing. So he's just like totally obsessed with making sure it's kept safe. Keep it secret. Keep it safe. (laughs) Yeah, there we go. (laughs) That's Gandalf's prime directive in like all things. I was gonna say this is true. Yeah. (laughs) The only directions that he ever gives to anyone just and then he's gone. You don't see him again for 17 17 years. years. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Gosh. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that actually could be applied, I feel like, to a lot of the things or people that they encounter in this series. Keep it secret, keep it safe. So, mm-hmm. but this whole time I'm like, this is a bad idea. This is a bad idea. Why is this happening? This isn't, this isn't gonna end well. Yeah, but oh, <laughs> sorry, I was reading my notes. I wrote down Pippin, WTF are you doing? Gandalf is gonna lay into you, son. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. (laughs) You fool of a touch. (laughs) Exactly. Which part of me was excited, though, because I was like, oh, good. We're going to have like some classic Gandalf mockery (laughs) after this is over. You know, we're going to get a moment where he makes fun of Pippin and says something fun. But it actually wasn't that fun, which I'll get to in a second. But anyway, so first it says quickly now he drew off the he drew off the cloth, wrapped the stone. And oh, this is before. Sorry. (laughs) Sometimes I don't highlight stuff until I 
jump around. Anyway, so he picks it up and Pippin's also talking to himself. He calls himself a fool. He says, you idiotic fool. You're going to get yourself into frightful trouble. Then he said, uh, he's, he knows that he is doing something wrong right. and he's doing it anyway, which is an interesting kind of perspective to, to write out that he is un- clearly under some control or power that he he cannot control himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is just a sign of like whatever dark magic or something is at, is at play here. Right. So he sneaks away and he sits down to look at it. And I like this. It uh, says he, pen- he bent low over it, looking like a greedy child stooping over a bowl of food in a corner away from others. And that metaphor is just really appropriate for Pippin. A (laughs) child with a bowl of food. Accurate. And then it gets scary real fast. (laughs) And I'm just like, this isn't good. This isn't good. Then there came a faint glow and stir in the heart of it. And in it, and it held it. I can't talk. Good Lord. And it held his eyes so that now he could not look away. Soon all the inside seemed on fire. The ball was spinning or the lights within were revolving. Suddenly the lights went out. He gave a gasp and struggled, but he remained bent, clasping the ball with both hands. Closer and closer he bent and then became rigid. His lips moved soundlessly for a while. Then with a strangled cry, he fell back and lay still. And everyone wakes up, obviously, Mm -hmm. and comes running over. And Gandalf calls him a thief, uh, the devilry. What mischief has he done to himself and to all of us? And it's like, okay, dude, can you not see that Pippin's a little traumatized right, right now? Like he's not moving. He just screamed in pain <laughs> and you're just like, ah, oh, whose fault is that? Yeah. He's so mean to my boy. It's like, you did this to yourself. And then he picks up the orb Yeah, so he yells out, it is not for you, Saruman. And then he, like, does something to Pippin or touches him and he, like, wakes up or something. Oh, he says, Peregrine took, come back. And then Pippin kind of wakes up and comes out of it. And it felt like Gandalf did an exorcism Mm -hmm. on him. And I was like, did Sauron possess Oh, I think at this point I was confused if it was going to be Saruman or Sauron because they just keep saying he. <laughs> I know, and there's nothing but he's. Yeah, and yeah, there, there's there's hardly a she in the whole I was, story. I was right? I was going to say it sure would be a lot easier to follow along if you know every now and then there was a there was a she to break up the <laughs> the mass of he's. It would it would make a lot more sense. But uh, so um, then they start to, asking. To clarify, it's Pippin that says the line, it is not for you, Saruman, when oh, he's still in his trance. Oh, okay. Again, yeah, I'm he, confusing. He like, comes out of it, and because Gandalf is the white, he thinks that Saruman has him. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. I got it. That makes a lot more sense. Um, See, I was confused mm. about it because I thought it was like Gandalf saying, when he's, it is not for you. I thought he was saying like, Pippin is not, I thought it was saying Pippin is not for you to possess or something. I was confused because just once again, confused by when you say he, which he are you talking about? Because they're all, they're all men. (laughs) It's a group of 20 (laughs) men. 
Um, thank you for that <laughs> clarification. And that makes a lot more yes. sense. Yeah. And then he like parrots a phrase. I will send for it at once. Do you understand? Yeah. Say just that. Oh. He just parrots what he was being told inside the little sphere. Oh. Like from the voice within. Right, right, right. Oh, creepy. Oh, creepy. Yeah. He's, he's repeating the message directly that he was told to repeat mm-hmm. as soon as he is broken from the Palantir. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, and that's when Gandalf, um, yeah, held him gently and firmly. Peregrine took, he said, come back. This is why I like having guests on instead of myself just talking, because things make a lot more sense that way. Uh, (laughs) When they're like, actually, you definitely did not read that right. And I'm like, oh, thank you. That makes a lot more sense. (laughs) But yeah, it just, uh, it reminded me there was a story that like, when I was, I went to, uh, christian camp like every summer for a week and one of the pastors one time or whoever speakers was telling this story about how when he was little at his church if like he or his other siblings would start like falling asleep or or like dozing off or spacing out or whatever during church his dad Mm -hmm. would lay his hand on like his head and then he would just really loudly yell demons out and the whole (laughs) congregation would turn around and stare at them and basically it was a way to like (laughs) embarrass them to be like that's why you don't fall asleep in church but that's kind of what i'm imagining here that like (laughs) that's that uh gandalf just puts his hand on Pippin's head and yells, demons out! And oh my god. I mean, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't be Gandalf's first exorcism. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He has experience. I'd watch a, I'd watch a, a version of the exorcist with, that follows Gandalf. But it's just Gandalf? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd watch that. Oh my god. <laughs> of like, or maybe someone should green screen Gandalf into the exorcism. Yeah, just green screen Ian McKellen into the exorcist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect. I'd watch it. But anyway, so Pippin is saved, sort of, because now Gandalf is here to yell at him. Yeah. <laughs> and poor and like poor Pippin, he is clearly like terrified. Uh and the first thing he says is, Gandalf, forgive me. And Gandalf is like, I mean, what have you done? <laughs> like, what what happened? What do I need to forgive you for? So first he says, um, I wanted to go away, but I couldn't. And then he came and questioned me. And he looked at me. And and that is all I remember. And once again, they never say, who is he? It's just he. And then Gandalf is like, hmm, maybe try thinking that over again and see if he can remember more. That won't do. Yeah, he's like, we're we're gonna need a little more information, bud. Like, we're dealing we're dealing with some pretty dark forces here. We need to know what happened and what you told them. And he says, I saw a dark sky and tall battlements and tiny stars. It seemed very far away and long ago, yet hard and clear. Then the stars went in and out. They were cut off by things with wings, very big. I think, really. But in the glass, they looked like bats wheeling around the tower. I thought there were nine of them. One began to fly straight towards me, getting bigger and bigger. It had a horrible, no, no, I can't say. So obviously, these are the ring wraiths, because there's nine of them. And he tries to get away. Then it says, then he came. He did not speak so that I could hear words. He just looked and I understood. So have you come back? Why have you neglected to report for so long? And going back into this, when you know 
what you learn later in the chapter. At this point, this is Sauron, and he thinks this is Saruman reporting. And then he's like, wait, that's that's a small child. Who are you? And then he just says, a hobbit. And then he said, wait a moment, we shall meet again soon. Tell Saruman that this dainty is not for him. I will send for it at once. Do you understand? Just say that. And that's that's what happened. I love Gandalf becomes um, what Mary talked about earlier, where he seems kind. He seems a lot kinder and also, but a little more serious, kind of at the same time, because mm-hmm. he looks at Pippin. Says the wizard held his gaze for a moment in silence, then his face grew gentler, and the shadow of a smile appeared. He laid his hand softly on Pippin's head. Of course, calls him a fool. He says, a fool, but an honest fool. You remain, Peregrine took. And that's that's Pippin's ordeal. Poor bud. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Sorry, just checking my notes. It was a lot of me. A lot of my notes are like, okay, are we talking Saruman or Sauron? Yeah. <laughs> Who is he? Yeah, What's that was so- confusing for me when I first read these two. It's just Saruman, Sauron. These names are too close. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. too close. And then we're also, I also got confused because he mentions um, the Dark Tower. And I thought he was talking about Saruman in his tower, Orthanc. But there is a different tower as well. <laughs> and so I was like, right. wait, I was, I was pretty certain that this was Sauron. But now I'm not (laughs) anymore. (laughs) But anyway, Gandalf is like, well, it's a good thing, Pippin, that you're not that smart. Because if you were, we would be screwed. Because you would have told him everything (laughs) that you knew. But you don't know a lot, so we're good. (laughs) Yeah. It's a good thing I don't tell anyone anything. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. It's like, it's a good thing you know nothing. Because there was nothing for you to tell. And then he picks him up like a baby. It's so cute. And um and goes to lay him down with Mary to rest a bit and kind of go back to normal. But I, I thought that was cute. He picks him up and carries him away. And then he comes back and they talk and says, For this assuredly is the Palantir of Orthanc from the treasury of Elendil, set here by the kings of Gondor. And we learn that this is some kind of magical orb that is used for communication, basically. Mm-hmm. And then Aragorn says, at last we know the link between Isengard and Mordor and how it worked. Much is explained. And, uh, and I wrote down, is it though? <laughs> <laughs> is it though? <laughs> is it though? <laughs> Just much is explained. I'm like, okay, I would like a little more explanation, which I appreciated it that we we got later when Pippin and Gandalf go off that he ex- he does explain more, but at that point he didn't explain it fully, and so I'm like, okay, right? These sure. characters just know. Yeah. yeah, it's so annoying. How dare they? <laughs> but yeah, we fight. We we understand now. So what happened? What ha- happened was is that. Saruman had this magical orb called the Palantir. I should I should just ca- start calling it the Palantir instead of magical orb. Um, and he was using that to communicate with Sauron and vice versa, obviously. And when the gang was confronting Saruman and Wormtongue, Wormtongue got annoyed with everyone and took it, just took a random object. It just happened to be the Palantir and threw it out the window. But obviously, Saruman doesn't know that that happened. Wait, no. Sar- Sauron. Good Lord. Oh. Sauron. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's just nonsense. Uh, and so 
when he and when he picked up the orb, the the pal- when Pippin picked up the palantir and talked into it, Saruman. Oh my god, I did it. Sauron thought it was <laughs> Saruman answering, and was like, "Oh, there's a hobbit that Saruman is keeping captive." Okay, great, and kind of adds to the confusion of what's happening and whatnot. And that's that's the deal. That's what's going on. Mm-hmm. So then Gandalf uh, decides that the new plan is going to be that they're going to capitalize on this confusing situation that Sauron is confused by. And they're going to separate and he's going to take Pippin. And um, oh, I should mention that towards the beginning of the chapter, one of the things that he explained to Mary is that the plan is to kind of scatter and split off because they will be safer traveling in smaller groups because they will be less noticeable. And Mm -hmm. and that's the plan at this point. And then uh, I got really excited, like super hype for a really brief amount of time because I was like, oh, snap, the action's happening. This is going to be our... (laughs) action pack season finale or mid-season finale before the winter hiatus except I'm not going on winter hiatus it says in that moment a shadow fell over them the bright moonlight seemed to be suddenly cut off several of the riders cried out and crouched holding their arms above their heads as if to ward off a blow from above a blind fear and a deadly cold fell on them cowering they looked up a vast wing shape passed over the moon like a black cloud. It wheeled and went north, flying at a speed greater than any wind of Middle-earth. The stars fainted before it. It was gone. So I got really excited because I was like, oh, ring wreaths are coming. They're going to attack the camp. We're going to go into a battle, but not really. Just just <laughs> showing that it's it's traveling and, and that's it. <laughs> so And then, what's his name? Gandalf picks up Pippin. And they ride off on shadow effects together. Aragorn mm. places Pippin in Gandalf's arms, wrapped in a blanket. It's oh, <laughs> so cute. <laughs> He's their baby. <laughs> I do I do really like the flow of the line uh farewell follow fast away shadowfax. Oh. Oh, nice. yeah. Great point. Farewell follow fast away shadowfax. I like that. Like a little poem. Almost like a sounds like it belongs in Goodnight Moon or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Speaking of nights sort of not really. I don't know. I was thinking of Moon. Anyway, um, it sh- <laughs> it shows Mary and Aragorn talking, and Mary is like weirdly jealous that Pippin is getting all the attention. It says a beautiful and restful night. Some folk have wonderful luck. He did not want to go to sleep, and he wanted to ride with Gandalf. And there he goes. So it's like, but he was kind of possessed by Sauron for a bit, and. He's also deeply traumatized, so... Yeah. Well, the the line after uh, he says, and there he goes, is a reference to something that happens um, in The Hobbit. Instead of being turned into a stone himself to stand here forever as a warning. Because The Hobbit's about, like, Frodo's uncle. So, like, mm-hmm. Merry and Pippin and Frodo, they all grew up with these stories that Bilbo told them. So that line is a reference to something that happened. In The Hobbit. Oh. See, it's really interesting because... Um, so, some context for y'all. I I didn't know beforehand that The Hobbit, the book, was published first and happened uh-huh. chronologically first. Because I thought it was just like... 
how they did the movies where I thought oh. um, Tolkien wrote Lord of the Rings and then later on wrote The Hobbit as a kind mm-hmm. of prequel thing. So when like I started... Like a Star Wars situation? I guess, yeah, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and so when I started the series, I was like, well, yeah, naturally I'll start with Fellowship of the Ring. So I did that wrong. But uh, it's interesting that, like, you point out that little line that is a reference to The Hobbit, because I wonder, it just makes me wonder, like, how many other lines like that have I just completely blown past without even realizing that it's a, a Hobbit reference or something? But I don't remember where it is, but there is a uh, very explicit one that has to do with Frodo's birthday somewhere in this story. I don't remember where it is in the book. But it's Frodo thinking about his birthday and it being him being the same age as Bilbo was when something in The Hobbit happened. Aww, and he and he Frodo. mentions the event. Okay, I think that might be. I'll have to... That might also be narration and not actually in Frodo's head. But it, it's it's definitely text in the in the book. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to tell like what's actually a character's thought versus what is just being told. Because technically, mm-hmm. pretty sure at this point that like the Lord of the Rings books are written, like quote unquote written by Bilbo, because his whole thing is in when they were in Rivendell was telling Frodo, like, oh, I'm gonna write books about the about your adventure and stuff. Make sure to tell me everything. And so it's kind of like, okay, but like how did Bilbo know what they were thinking? He must have done some <laughs> like really extensive interviewing and research and everything after the fact and if he did that now i'm also thinking like well then how did he how did he write about boromir's stuff because boromir died so you will find out i don't know whatever whatever i can't (laughs) it's things like these where i'm like i can't stop and think too long about all that because i'm sure i'll find out soon sooner or later and also it just takes me on like a completely derailed path but Norman's over here, like making like a face, like he wants to say something so bad. Yeah, and, I was just and, I'm, like, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm pointing at my particular like copy of the book. Oh geez. Um, I mean, I would say you are more than welcome to share it if you don't think it's gonna give something big away in the future. So the well, just let her find yeah. out. It's so hard because like the the Bilbo thing is at the beginning of The Hobbit. Okay. The subtitle of The Hobbit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know that The Hobbit has a subtitle? Yes, I do. I can't remember exactly what it is. Isn't it like there and back again? Yes. Yeah. And it it tells you by Bilbo Baggins, like in the book. Oh, okay. I don't think I... But The Lord of the Rings doesn't have that same author attribution, but you find out at the end of the story. And then it's in the appendices. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was... I just... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> when they like first introduced Bilbo, this idea of Bilbo when he was in Rivendell talking about like, oh, I'm going to write this into a book and stuff. I was like, I swear if like the last page of Return of the King. Oh, by the way, I should add that you guys are by no means obligated to answer or respond to any of my questions or comments or whatever. If you think your response will give something away, you can yeah, definitely yeah. plead the fifth. <laughs> But anyway, I was like, I swear, if Return of the King, like the last page is like, and Frodo lived out the rest of his days with his good pal Sam uh, in their garden, in their retirement community in the Shire. The end. And then it's like, signed Bilbo Baggins. And then that's the last page. I will lose my mind. 
So. <laughs> oh my god. But anyway. <laughs> but yeah, Mary's like weirdly jealous because he's like, oh, he gets to go off with Gandalf. Fine. Despite the fact that he was just, you know, traumatized and possessed by Sauron and Aragorn kind of like calls him out on this and says if you had been the first to lift the Orthanc stone and not he how would it be now you might have done worse who can say and then um Mary uh, I mean Pip wait no Mary is gonna go off with Aragorn and that's where we leave the group and that is also where we are going to leave this episode. So next week, we'll be all about what Mary and Pippin talk about. This is even future, future Mary Clay saying, we're going to talk next week about what Pippin and Gandalf talk about, not Mary and Pippin. Okay, continue. Also, a lot of shadow facts talk, imagine that. And some kind of mid two towers, mid Lord of the Rings wrap up thoughts, I guess, is a way to explain that. So here's Cassandra and Norman telling you where you can find their podcast. I mean, if you're listening to this and you like are familiar with the movies, again, we're from Lord of the Rings Minute and we've been covering them minute by minute for the past while. We're, what, 90 minutes into Return of the King? Yep. So we have a whole like two and a half hours more to go. But you can find us on iTunes we're on Spotify. We're from the website duelinggenre.com. And if you're intrigued by the um, the movies by minutes format, there's like 10 other podcasts for different movies on our site alone. So you can check those out. It's like we're not all involved, but we guest on a lot of them. So. Yeah. And then there's a bunch of other non-movies by minutes podcasts yeah. on the network yeah. too. You can follow our podcast account on Twitter. We're at LOTR Minute. That's what I'm talking about as a proud member of WBNE. To learn more about the other shows on the network, you can go to WBNE.org. So you know that Cassandra and Norman cover the Lord of the Rings movies on their podcast. You know who also cov- covers movies? Bacon and Eggs, right? Right? At the time that I'm recording this, I don't know if Ethan and Tyler have created a promo for bacon and eggs yet so i'll just insert a random clip that i have chosen here i I bet they would have a decent amount of instagram followers if the ghostbusters were alive and real yeah yeah they would be influencers (laughs) can you imagine we're like well we're not out catching ghosts we use hello fresh i mean here was yeah that would be the thing though is like (laughs) In this day and age, it would spawn a whole, like, ghost-related... You'd be a paranormal influencer. Also, might I suggest going into the backlog uh, about mid-August and listening to the Clue episode. There's a fun guest on for that one. The cover art is by Graphite. You can support him on Instagram at graphite.vmb. You can find the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at TolkienAboutPod and also on Facebook. You can also support the podcast on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash TolkienAboutPod. And this week's sponsor for the episode is Sydney King. Thank you, Sydney, for supporting That's What I'm Talking About. Uh, also, if you like books, I recommend checking out Sydney's podcast, Some Reading Required. You can find me on Twitter at MCWhatsUp. You can also find me on Instagram at MCTurnDownForWhat. And if you follow me on Instagram, you will learn about all of my wonderful technology things that have happened. Um, Stay in the loop before the loop even is created. Does that make sense? No. 
I don't know how to end these episodes when I don't have a guest. To pull back the curtain a little bit, I'm just sitting here in my empty apartment recording by myself. There's no there's no person on the other side of Skype this time. It's just me. I feel V-sad about it. And that's what I'm talking about. God, I'm sorry. Thank you.